Hello everyone and welcome back to James Cameron's Titanic Scene by Scene. I'm Brittany Butler. I'm Ethan Brim. And today we are talking about To the Stars. The scenes are getting very, very important now as we are one scene away from the iceberg collision. This is the... Still like over an hour left in the movie too. I know, I know. (laughs) This is the first scene now before the iceberg collision, which is pretty much the scene that people watch Titanic for, aside from the sinking. Like, the average person is like, oh, right, this is a Titanic movie. They hit an iceberg and whatever. So that's, like, such an important scene coming up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. But this right now is kind of the calm before that moment for us. A relative calm, I guess. Yeah, for us as a podcast. (laughs) There's still lots to talk about, as usual. So before we get into it, do have an email that I'd like to read. This is from Nicole, and the subject is Titanic Fans Unite. And she says, Y'all, I just discovered this podcast a few days ago. I am so happy it's not just me who is this obsessed with this movie. Brittany, we're kind of kindred souls. This podcast is just so fun, and I'm trying to now get my hands on that illustrated screenplay book. I'm currently on scene 11 right now, just began, and your guest Liz seriously described why I love this movie so much in words I thought I never needed to hear. She said, quote, you watched it so frequent enough that you could keep those emotions. That's literally it. I still watch it like it's my first time. I saw it in theaters twice when it came out in 97. I even have a picture of myself as an eight-year-old wearing my Titanic t-shirt. I will insert this after. I appreciate every detail that you point out, and I love Ethan's input as well from being a fan, but not as much a super fan like you and I. I cannot wait to listen on, and I want to tell you guys thank you. This quarantine is just so much better with this podcast. Much love from New Jersey, Nicole. And then she shared the picture. Here she is with her family. It looks like her mother and a friend or her sister or someone. And there she is standing there in her Titanic shirt that just has like the movie poster on it. (laughs) So thank you, Nicole, for writing. That's so awesome. And so glad you're enjoying the podcast and that uh, you relate. I definitely relate to you as well. It's mutual there. Uh, And I know Liz said so many good things. She always has really good things to say. Yeah, she's a good guest. Yeah. I think she has a really interesting perspective, too, as someone who just just her like being super into photography as well, like gives her like this different eye and this different way of looking at things. And she's yeah. always been a really big movie person and a lover of film. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she she definitely she's said some really great stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's just always so nice to hear things like this. And, and it's so funny because in the last episode with Liz, I had mentioned our even Stevens podcast, our other podcast. And how that's such a niche thing. And so when we started this one, I was so used to our other podcast just being a niche thing and like really needing to try to reach other people and find other people. Yeah. But like this Titanic one has just grown so organically because Mm -hmm. just so many people love this movie too. And it's really nice to see that. I feel like too, the fans of this this movie, I mean, Titanic fanatics are very passionate obviously yes. we're even stevens fans fanatics even but there's not a lot of people who are us at that level mm-hmm. there are 
thousands and thousands of people who are Titanic fans at that level. Like, oh yeah, who know every in the ins and out of the movie and the ship itself, and um, mm-hmm. you, you know, countless museums for the Titanic, and yeah. like it incorporates the movie as well. So I mean, there are no even Stevens museums yet, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah, it's just that there are so many people out there who are so passionate about the history and the movie and the ship and just yeah. everything, which is super cool too, you know, that just something like this movie and the story of Titanic itself is just so powerful. Like we talk about that all the time, but yeah. its reach is uh, unparalleled. Yeah, it's definitely true. I feel like I've said that we need to mention this and I keep forgetting it, but when I t- when I say that Titanic has reach unlike any movie we've ever known, it's because Titanic not only swept the Oscars in 1998 with like everything in one best picture, it also won favorite movie at the 1998 Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. <laughs> That's ridiculous. First of all, what? How many? That's crazy. Um, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like it's Titanic. If that's not reach, I don't know what is. Kids Choice Awards and the Oscars. Like, think about that. Yeah, it's true. Because Kids Choice Awards is usually like you know the big blockbusters and stuff and comedy or like something Fast and fun. Furious or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, again, like this historical, three-hour-long historical fiction romance period piece drama, tragedy, death, like all this stuff won best movie at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. It's amazing. If one person remembers the romance side, another person might remember the, you know, the quote-unquote, like, action part of Mm -hmm. it. And then some people might take that, though, as, like, We'll see. That's why this movie is bad because it can also win a kids' choice award. Yeah, <laughs> like a, a movie I think that, that just, can. It, well, it's like saying a song is bad because it crosses over, you know, to yeah. like mainstream. Doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's just has that power. It's just it's yeah. Uh, mainstream isn't necessarily isn't like a, a a gauge for good or bad quality. It's just a gauge of you know popularity. Uh, mm-hmm. There are popular things that I don't think are good at all, and there are popular things that I think are amazing. So yeah, you can't really gauge it. Yeah, but that's just funny. When I found that out, I said, "That's amazing." <laughs> that is really cool. Actually, I didn't realize that one. That kid's choice award. Uh, but yeah, that's a testament to Titanic mania right there. Yeah. Anyway, jumping into the scene, we left off with Jack and Rose entering the cargo hold from the boiler room. Uh, which we said isn't necessarily the actual layout of the ship. Uh, as far as I know, you can't get to the cargo hold from Imagine the boiler like, room, but... All these cars are going to be exploding and stuff? <laughs> I know. All this flame, the flames and stuff? I know. I know. Like, right away as I was taking my notes, like, I noticed just every little thing. And it's so small, but just as soon as they open the door and they come walking in... Rose is, you know, wiping her uh, bicep, like, you know what I mean? She's like, oh, like, it's cold. And so it's like, I said, you can feel the temperature drop when they walk through the door. Yeah, you can. They have all that cold sweat on them now, and, like, you just get that feeling. I don't know, I just feel like almost everything this movie does puts you there in the situation. Yeah, you can imagine the contrast, for sure. And so then they spot the car, and Jack, like, ah, look what we have here, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love Jack. And they go running over to the car. You know, apparently 
uh, most people agree that the car would have been crated. Mm. I've, even, I've even heard some people say that it would have been in parts really? and also crated. <laughs> um, I don't know how true that is, but I've heard some people spitball that. To fit more cars down there or something? As far as I know, this was the only car on Titanic. It was? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, basically this whole scene, you know, they're being super cute and flirty, so, you know, they're checking out this car. And again, like, Jack... He does give off a very innocent vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's really worldly and like we know that he's traveled and all this stuff, but he still gives off this vibe like he's just a kid with stars in his eyes. Like he sees this car and he's immediately just like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm just playing around with this car like a little kid. <laughs> he's probably never been in a car. Like, in a car <laughs> and you know, Rose is standing there waiting for him to like open the door for her like or something. Yeah. So, And he's just too preoccupied with this car already. He's like, hey. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. That's funny. No, I thought it was cool that he didn't, um, like, he didn't already open the door. The way we've learned his character, he seems like someone who would be, like, quote-unquote, like, that perfect male character in a movie who would mm-hmm. just already know to open the door. Yeah. But I like that they he made him not do that, you know? Yeah. James Cameron, despite his best efforts, maybe, he still didn't make Jack the perfect guy. Yeah. Like, he still had, like, these preoccupations or, like, these distractions. And, yeah, and I love that, Rose. <clears throat> and he's like, oh, <laughs> okay, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can play. Opens the door. Thank you. Uh, she goes in the car. It always stood out to me when she looks up and she sees that there are roses yeah. in the back of the car. She takes it as a sign or something. Yeah, like as a sign, and then it's also her name. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, it's just... Yeah. I don't know, she just makes like this knowing face, just like, mm-hmm, this is the moment. It would have been so James Cameron-y if he showed the rose, like, losing a petal as... <laughs> <laughs> Just extra dramatic. Yeah, so over-the-top, like, symbolism and stuff. But yeah, anyway, you go. Jack sits in the front seat, and he honks the horn... And every time he honks the horn, I just say to myself, I'm like, that is so freaking loud. Yeah. (laughs) And it reverberates. Yeah. Way to draw attention to yourselves. Exactly. Like they just ran away and the door is open. Yeah. And now it's just like, I'm like, why would you? Oh yeah. Who's like in the car in the cargo hold? That's, that's strange. Where do you think you're going? (laughs) You just hear a car honk? (laughs) Did you guys just hear a car? I mean, I'm pretty sure we're in the middle of the ocean. But okay. Yeah, anyway, so they're being cute. And he says, you know, where to, miss? As if, again, like he's acting like a little kid. And it's like kind of cute. Yeah. You know, and then she changes up the mood here. And she says, you know, to the stars. And he's just like, what? (laughs) Like the way he looks at her, like, what are we, what? Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't expecting what was going to happen. They were just being chased down by a former police officer or whatever and now they're like <laughs> she's just, all of a sudden she's like actually I just saw a rose here in the back seat so <laughs> So you know what that means. <laughs> and of course and someone else pointed out of course like to the stars could possibly be a callback to the shooting star mm. deleted scene. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but again, if that deleted scene was included, one too many setups and payoffs and callbacks. Yeah. <laughs> enough is enough. Enough is enough, James Cameron. It's cute, but then it's not cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> there is a line. <laughs> we say this all the time. 
I love how she just straight up pulls him in the back seat like she's freaking Lou Ferrigno or something. <laughs> I was like, she pulls him with hardly any <laughs> struggle. Yeah. I mean, granted, I think he helps her out a yeah, bit. Yeah, probably. Like, you know. I'm sure. You can tell he, like, lifts his body a little bit and, like, kicks his feet yeah, back, like, you know, it, yeah. to, to, to push himself. But still, um, the way they made it seem was, like, effortless, and I was like, what in the world? <laughs> What's going on? You're mad strong, Rose. But, yeah, so they start cuddling a little bit, and the music starts, like, that one little flute. Mm. I remember at one point I used to think it was all... I used to think it was presumptuous when Jack says, you nervous, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Because it always seemed like he was thinking, all right, well, we both know this is where this is going, so are you nervous? Yeah. But then, but then I... I think he was using it to, like, reinstate that he might be nervous. Mm. Are you nervous like me, kind of? Mm. I don't know. Because what did I say? I wrote in my notes, um, why else could he have been asking, are you nervous? <laughs> yeah. Well, was that after she said put your hands on me or whatever no before, no no right? yeah. before huh like they literally they like he just wrapped his arm around her and they're like cuddling a little bit and she's looking at him really intensely and then he asks are you nervous i mean he's got to be nervous he, he was he seemed more nervous to draw her a naked picture than he was this entire <laughs> yeah that's the only thing i was like there's no way you're more nervous to draw i mean maybe because he already saw her naked then he was not as nervous I don't know. Mm. Still, though, like, he's going to be nervous. <laughs> Still, he's going to be nervous. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and so Rose says no when he asks yeah. that. And I just think it's so funny because in the script, she originally was supposed to say some French crap, like, oh, contraire, mon cher, or something. <laughs> oh, my God. James Cameron, you're too cute right now. That French dialogue. To be trying way too hard to be cute. And then the little annotation says, changed on set to a simple no. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> hey, I wonder who gave him that idea. Uh, everyone. Kate went to say it. She's like, yeah, this is totally unnatural. Like, I'm not saying this. Because get it, you know, Jack <laughs> went to Paris and she he just drew her like one of his French girls. And now Rose is going to speak in yeah. French. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> oh I love it then Rose takes his hand and starts kissing his fingers like the tips yeah. of his fingers which when I was younger I was always like what <laughs> I was like why is she doing this and it's still a little bit like what I can't imagine many people would do that yeah it's uh, not like a movie that's a movie thing I think. yeah it's a movie thing but then it's also he had just drawn her you know it's just her like appreciating his talent as an artist yeah, and like, she, wouldn't he she get like charcoal all over her mouth yeah i know that's what i thought too but uh his his hands looked like he had at least rubbed the charcoal off that's by then and you know this is what james cameron was going for because in the screenplay it says <laughs> she kisses his artist's fingers <laughs> oh my god <laughs> And then there was supposed to be, like, a blurb from Old Rose where she had called his hands, like, artist's hands. I like how she keeps her clothes on for this, but then was just, like, nude two scenes prior. But it's funny because she was so comfortable being naked when he drew her. Mm. But then after they have sex, she's like, oh, I must cover up my breasts now or something. 
I just is weird. <laughs> it's it's probably movie reasons as well. Like let's keep it PG thirteen. Yeah, for yeah. the PG thirteen rating, they got the drawing scene okayed, but they probably and, and if they showed more yeah. of that, then it would have start it would have started to feel gratuitous, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, definitely. It's just interesting. Like I'm just thinking, like within the movie universe, it seems kind of funny. But then, of course, so after that, that's when she says, "Put your hands on me, Jack." Yeah. And she just places it right there, and they go to town. Um, <laughs> and they go to town. <laughs> and they go to town. They yeah, do. Yeah. And, yeah, I had mentioned earlier in, I think, the you jump, I jump scene that I always took this as a callback to, you know, Cal saying, what made you think you could put your hands on my fiance? Yeah. This is a good setup mm. and payoff because it's subtle. I didn't even catch that until you just said it. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't even catch this one until, you know, a few yeah. years ago. And it's just really kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it was, if it was, you know, obviously Rose is saying it with a lot of intention behind it. Like she knows, you know, she's being very sure about this, you know? Yeah. But she's taking this to like the next level. Officially of, leaving my fiance. Yeah. And also just like, you can be this way with me. Yeah. Actually giving that okay. You know, the way Cal, when he's told Jack that, he was speaking for her, Yeah, yeah. basically. Like they're married already? I don't know. Just the way he says it. Cal being Cal, you know... Yeah, you know he means something like it's more of like a property thing than it is just like a... Because obviously, like, if a guy touched my wife, I'd be ticked off. Like, I'm not yeah. going to be like, yeah. oh, she's not my property, so I'm not going to tell him that. Like, no, I'm going to still say something. Of course, of but, course. like, he says it in a way that's, like, more of... Like, because you know him already. He's His character's been developed enough. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, it's almost like when she decides to take this step with him, mm-hmm. she's taking it because... I've thought as she's taking it as... I don't know if I'm going to see you after this. I want to like experience this with you or whatever, because I don't know if we're ever going to see each other again. But then afterwards, she's like, no, I want to see you. I want to be with you now. Throughout this process, she realized that, I guess. Right. I'm not saying that's the right way to approach it, but like, yeah, that's how I feel like her character made the decision. Um, because obviously we see afterwards mm. what happens. But um, that's just how I think she felt in that moment. Yeah wrapping up the cow thing to have her say that even if it wasn't a callback but in the context of it being a callback i don't know i just love it she's saying like you i want you to put your hands here and you can do this you know i don't know interesting it's just kind of awesome it would be interesting if if he said later if cal said that after and said what makes you think you put my hand your hands on my fiance and he says well she told me to (laughs) (laughs) but obviously that wouldn't have worked as well it's like, well, she told me to, so... Because uh, she told me to? <laughs> but also, yeah, but it's also, you know, in 2020, it's like, hey, guys, consent is cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. I feel like someone like Jack may... Like, those types of people may have always been into the consent, consent aspect. Yeah. It's the people who are in power and, like, are abusing that power who I think are the more likely... have all, Still, obviously, still more likely to... Mm-hmm not be okay with consent. There's still like a, a a thing about it that I think is more topical now especially. But uh but that's another reason why this movie has aged very very well. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just it's nice. It's nice to see um and yeah. Mhm. So then, okay, so they start to make out and it cuts away and we get 
another, you know, helicopter far away shot of Titanic sailing in the darkness. And I had mentioned uh, this in, I think, the ode to Titanic scene, how I said later on when the ship is sinking, they do another similar shot where Titanic is letting off the flares in, you know, the middle of nowhere. That's sort of like lonely shot. And while that is true, this was actually the scene I was really thinking of because it's an exact parallel to the beginning of the Ode to Titanic scene. Yeah. So I'm talking about when Old Rose's voiceover earlier in the film says the, by the next afternoon, we were steaming west off the coast of Ireland with nothing out ahead of us but ocean. And they do the same exact shot. It's daytime though, right? Yep. Except it's daytime. Yeah. And it's so nice. And you have this feeling of optimism and the music is... It's major and it's happy. Uh, And then in this scene, it's the same exact motif except minor and super moody and setting the tone for what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's so cool. I'll edit in the... um, the two motifs back to back in this because it's just so cool when you think about it. Like, this is intentional stuff here, folks. Yeah. This is the stuff that, like, if you don't know what's happening, it's affecting you on a subconscious level. And it's what makes people appreciate movies on a conscious level. Mm-hmm. Even when some people, like some people might not know why they appreciate it. This is why it's, you're appreciating it because mm-hmm. of this kind of stuff. There's like little details. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Like it's just, it's re this whole thing too, even going into the iceberg collision sequence, the iceberg collision sequence is essentially the ode to Titanic scene all over again, but in panic mode. And that's a, oh man, when you first see that iceberg, mm-hmm. I mean, there, I, I use this word a lot in this podcast, haunting, but it is haunting. Mm-hmm. You see that and it's because it's not even that clear. It's just, so, you, you see it how they probably saw it, like very, yep. just the outline, it's like a little just blur of white amidst like a basically really, really deep blue mm-hmm. sky and ocean and you just see it. Holy cow, like that's not good, obviously. No. <laughs> yeah, he says that, but uh, yeah, it's crazy. It is. Um, but yeah, so that parallel, like setting everything up, it's just so crazy. Like from this overhead mm. shot through to the iceberg collision to the end, it's pretty much the ode to Titanic sequence yeah. all over again. But now we, we're in panic mode where this, this is, yeah. we got to see it all happy and now we're seeing it the same like the same exact places and same angles and shots that we saw before but now it's completely recontextualized you know this might be of the of the scenes we've seen so far this whole just the transition like the end of this of the car scene when they like when they go up on the deck that whole scenario i think it is Mm -hmm. i don't know if is that when is that still the scene or is that the next scene uh might be the very beginning of the next scene that's probably my favorite moment of anything we've seen so far just that whole dialogue Mm. and then just the juxtaposition of them and then the guys on the crow's nest and then just the back and forth and you're like seeing them kind of be like ah oh, man like they're falling in love and like i don't know it's just it's it's really well done i think mm-hmm. it's really cool yeah we'll, we'll get to that yeah. yeah i had i had i had some good notes for that stuff actually yeah, i'll save that for the next one yeah so we get that overhead shot and then it cuts to the lookouts in the yeah. crow's nest who are frederick fleet and reginald lee those are their character the characters those are the real guys mm-hmm 
Yeah, and so they're just they're just sort of joking, you know. I can smell ice, you know, when it's near. It's like, ah, yeah, bollocks. <laughs> it's like, well, I can, all right. And uh, you know, just poking fun at it, which is ridiculous, but you know, this is James Cameron's last chance to get any comedy in. By the way, oh yeah, <laughs> like after this, it's it's it would be so totally uh, like distasteful, but. <laughs> There are a few small humorous moments, though, during the sinking sequence. Is there really? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it in a, in a, since last time I watched the whole movie. I feel like he actually managed to pull it mm. off, too. To the, At this level, though, like kind of like that more bantery, like, mm, quip, yeah. quip stuff, really? Like that, too? Mm-hmm. It's very small, okay. very small, but it is there. Uh, you know, there's some stuff with Tommy who quips a oh, little bit about yeah, yeah. a few things. Um, Jack has a little quip at one point. <laughs> Uh, even when he's on his deathbed, he's kind of being funny. That's true, yeah, like, on his deathbed. You know, so there's, like, but I feel like some of that stuff is necessary because if you can't, even if it's one second, you need, like, one second of a shift in tone as a viewer for the, because now we're about to head into... Yeah, it can get overwhelming, right? Like, as we wrap this scene up, which we're gonna do and when we get to the end of the scene, um... You know, we're ending basically a full length feature. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Like we just discussed an hour and forty minute yeah. or like an hour thirty minute movie and now we're moving into a totally new full length feature. Yeah. If you were to sit through another whole full length feature with nothing to break up the darkness and tragedy, it would just be It'd be depressing. A little much. Yeah. yeah. They should have he should have just ended the movie when Jack says this is bad, and then we just have to make it up. <laughs> you know what happens. Uh, it, by the way, okay, going quick back to the the um, the intimacy part. They should have made Rose like get pregnant or something. I know that would have been know. like the like she still has like a part of him, you know. I think it makes it ten times worse, you know, that she doesn't. Yeah. Because if she did at least have his kid, and then it was his grandkids. Yeah. You know, she could still see him within them. She his his eyes and their eyes and stuff. Yeah, personality. Yeah. Yeah, and if I wonder, I don't know if you know this, if James Cameron debated that, or if he regretted not doing it. I've never heard that actually. No. Because it does make it that much more tragic that she literally has nothing yeah. to remember him by other than her memories. And now this drawing. Is it for sure that he she didn't get pregnant or is that just we just don't think she did? I would think it's for sure, but at the same time... I don't know if they... Yeah. Okay. Who knows? Interesting. I mean, yeah, who knows? Head, you can headcanon that Lizzie is actually Jack's yeah, granddaughter. Huh. But yeah, it's interesting. So then it cuts... From the lookouts to then the short little uh, exchange between Officer Lightoller and Murdoch. Yeah. But yeah, they say like, oh, did you ever um, find those binoculars for the lookouts or whatever? And then they say, haven't seen them since Southampton. And then, well, I'll be on my rounds. Cheerio. (laughs) So that is true that uh, Lightoller did do like his last rounds and then went to bed. As far as I know, there's been... A little bit of debate about, you know, whether or not the binoculars would have actually helped the lookouts at all, you know? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's so dark. I mean, you're in pitch black, pretty much. I mean, the yeah. light, you have the light from the boat or from the ship, but... uh Yeah. This scene, it kind of spins it as almost like, oh, man, they didn't even have binoculars. If they had the binoculars, yeah. they would have seen the, the iceberg. Yeah. 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 Maybe. You know, that's... 
neither here nor there or whatever about the binoculars. But, you know, just a little bit of dialogue that James Cameron threw in there, which apparently did happen as far as I know. There was there was at least talk about, you know, the binoculars and them not having them. Whether or not it would affect the outcome, I guess it is noteworthy because it actually happened. I don't think you can say 100 percent either way if it would have helped them or hurt them or not hurt them if -hmm. it would have helped them. So, uh, yeah, Yeah. it's still just interesting food for thought, I guess. So then right after that. It cuts back to the car, and the window is all steamy, and Rose's hand hits the window right on cue with the music, and we all know what that's supposed to signify. Yeah, that she's that she's being murdered, and she needs to let out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know so many. I feel like when you watch it as a kid, that's what you think. Yeah, you're like... Yeah, oh my god, she's being murdered. What? This has taken such a turn. <laughs> I will say, though, I don't know if this is ever talked about. Because it's open, the car's open in the front, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it would get that steamy there. I don't know if, that, if this is a thing. Like, Yeah, I think about that sometimes. I think it's probably so cold down there. Yeah, that's true. And they're really, they're so hot in that moment, especially. Yeah, because even if it's open, they're still mainly in a confined space. Yeah. They show them being sweaty and I'm like freezing my pants off just thinking about being that sweaty. Yes. And you're in the 30 degree weather. Yes. That's got to be so uncomfortable. Yeah. But uh, but of course, yeah, that hand thing. Very iconic. Yeah. There was a commercial back in the day while Titanic Mania was going on. I think it was for 7-Up or something. <laughs> and the whole commercial was just hands on windows coming down it might have been it sounds like a seven up thing but i don't know if it was but already though back then they made this yeah. commercial and expected everyone to know what yeah, they were referencing like and of, it was already like 1998 yeah that's crazy I, people talk about this i read an article and it said like the best sex scenes in a movie and then it named this titanic one and i was like you don't really see anything though like how can you say yeah I mean, you see the hand i guess i mean that says it all <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's like it, it does. It's I like guess. Th- it's like a very it's a very it's minimalistic, right? Yeah, it's a very PG thirteen way of handling a sex scene. But it's also very I don't know the word. I mean, again, like it's tasteful. Yeah, yeah. It probably it has to kind of be in to some regard because of the rating, but um, and also just like the kind of the you know the movie it's centered around. You know, you're not gonna have yeah. It's kind of like a classy feeling of yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't know it's just it was it, i well it, i guess it was compared to the other sex scenes that they had and i was like these are all completely not like this one yeah yeah i can understand yeah but it is just interesting though like even like with that seven up commercial even if that did happen probably happened mm-hmm. in 98 um the fact that you know when we talk about movie moments like even just you know the hand on the window that, yeah. became a thing like so much so yeah. that they that they did this in a commercial like it's weird. so quickly after the movie became a thing i will say that there are very few uh like I, there are very few movies that can have that kind of uh cultural immediate uh, impact you know? yeah that cultural impact or that you know, ubiquity i guess where you you see it and you're like, okay, this is something that's like a thing now. I mean, it happens, but it doesn't happen often. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like another example where it would happen that quick. Uh, but Yeah. Crazy. It is crazy. And I do want to point out too, her hand is not in a weird position. No, I tried to do it and I was like, okay, if they're lying sideways, it makes sense. Like she's going to do that. 
I thought I had to think about it, but I was like, okay, no, that makes sense to how she's lying. Yeah, because it bothers me so much. Everyone's like, wait, if they're lying like that, how does her hand go like that? Like that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, what are you talking about? Literally, just yeah, do it yourself. You see, you see the way she's laying. She literally just put her hand up. Yeah, it makes sense. Her thumb is on that yeah. correct side. Makes sense. Like, yeah, I just totally. Yeah, I thought about so. it, but I was like, no, nah, it makes sense. Yeah, totally. It always bothers me when I see people try to say that. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Think about it for five seconds and it'll make sense. But of course, when I was a kid, I never understood why they were so suddenly sweaty and out of breath. Why are they so sweaty? Uh, <laughs> it's cold. I'm like, why are they like wrapped in a blanket? Like I was like, <laughs> I mean, I know it's it's his coat Yeah. now, but like as a kid, I thought it was a blanket. I was like, where'd they get the blanket? Like, what's this? Like, <laughs> you don't know the dialogue here between Jack and Rose you know her saying you're trembling and he says don't worry I'll be all right and just the dramatics of their heavy breathing right like I said Jack seems so young sometimes in comparison to Rose even though he's more worldly you know we've been led to believe he's this worldly guy but you know he does seem very I don't know what the right word is Going along with that, though, right? Rose is the big spoon in this scene, which is also very interesting. They they didn't spoon that, did they? Quote, unquote. You know what I mean? Okay. She's cradling him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. It's just really interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Jack seems like the more vulnerable one. That's why. And then after after she says, you're trembling or something. Mm-hmm. Like, she's looking out for him sort of thing. Yeah. And that's why people are like, all right, was this Rose's first time? Like, well, did her and Cal already do it? Is that, like, why? I mean, like, without getting, like, crude, too crude, like, trembling is, like, a common, you know, that's, like, what happens. To, I'm not going to go into it, but, like, <laughs> like, it's not, like, it's a normal thing. Maybe, I think the fact that she asked, to me, I saw her asking him as a way of showing how she's never experienced this before. Mm. If she has, she would have known that that's what happens to the guy especially if you're freaking cold right that's how i saw it honestly i thought it was supposed to be kind of funny that she asked um because she's never experienced it before huh wow see and i never would have known that so (laughs) guy's perspective i guess (laughs) yeah and i'm also probably giving myself away there but uh (laughs) yeah hey nothing wrong with that but yeah see well there you go learn something new interesting no, I think that that's definitely an interesting way to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but anyway, but you know, and then she's like cradling him and he's all, you know, just just lays on her and breathes like a little baby or something, right? Like she, I did like that. That was cute. Yeah. It is cute. It's so cute. And that's what I meant. You don't really see that sort of dynamic. The guy would be the one cradling the girl and he'd be like... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to... It's just interesting. Like, I feel like I never really see that. I never see the guy be painted to look sort of like the more vulnerable one in the moment. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't really really think about it like that. I mean, it just... It always stood out to me. And I was like, that's such an interesting decision in a blockbuster, right? Yeah. They just made so many interesting decisions that you wouldn't necessarily think would work 
but it just blew up. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? We said, like, with the casting of Leo being a little bit more gangly and... Yeah, scrawny. He's not, like, a big, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone guy. Yeah, he's not, he's not like, a big protector kind of guy that you typically see in these movies. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah, yeah. But it works. He's, like, the passionate artist. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, yeah. yeah the the <laughs> the archetypes are very all they're kind of shifted in this one a little subverted, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. But I love it. Me too. It's interesting. Then we see these two stewards uh looking for Jack and Rose and it's just they went down there, right? So this we see that the two stewards are looking for them, so obviously Cal and Lovejoy sent them. Uh <laughs> and cause yeah, cause I cause I was wondering that too, and I'm like, well, Lovejoy saw the door that they went in and locked him out of. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he knows that they went in there, so he probably found someone and said, hey, these people went in here, we're trying to find them, then the stewards went down, obviously the only place you can go is down into the into the boiler room, and then they asked them, where did you see these people, where'd they go? Yeah, they went down there, okay, good. Like, I never once thought of how that worked out, Yeah. but I just, I played that in my head, and I was like, oh, right, so that's obviously Yeah, I didn't really think about that either, I guess. Mm-hmm. I love I love when Jack says, you guys are doing a great job. I know. We, yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> Keep up the good work or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I love that part. I know. You really don't even know what goes into running yeah. this ship, but... <laughs> like, he's like he's a supervisor just coming down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. I was laughing. Because <laughs> I didn't remember that, and then it made me laugh when he said that. Don't mind us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was really funny. I love it. We see the quick bit of Cal searching their room and he opens up the safe and he's like huh what's this and Lovejoy his first thought though you know of course is anything missing yeah (laughs) they just automatically assume this guy's gonna steal stuff yep uh Cal sees the sketchbook which like I said when he opens it it's just bam Rose's drawing is just right there so I don't know if Jack had left his other drawings out elsewhere because we said mm-hmm. as he was leaving, when they were running away, he goes like, my drawings. And so I'm like, so he knew yeah. that he was leaving some behind, but I don't mm-hmm. think they were in the sketchbook or maybe not not all of them were. Either way, hers was like, bam, the first one you'd see if you opened it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. she also left that note that says, darling, now you can keep us both locked in your safe. I like that too, yeah. LOL, bye. <laughs> she says that, LOL, bye. <laughs> If it was today, he would have got like a text message. Yeah. <laughs> it just says, LOL, bye. That was amazing. I like that a lot. I know. It was good. And so Cal's just like, oh, dang. So he immediately, his first thought is to rip the drawing, but then he second guesses it. And then he says, no, I have a better idea, which we later find out is to frame Jack for robbing them yeah you know because he definitely he just doesn't want rose involved with him so it's like yeah now i'm just gonna frame him for robbery so that she starts to question her trust that she had for him and even though little does he know that jack didn't access that at all i mean i know but he was right there though you know yes true yeah and so that's That's why when we get to that scene it was easy for cal to plant that doubt in her head because yeah yeah I forget that happened. Yeah, that he did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it is interesting that he didn't rip the drawing, though. He didn't seem that upset about it. He did, but in a very, like, cold and... Yeah, but not for... I guess, like, knowing his character, 
It mm. seems like he would like punch a wall or something. Well, he was going to. He was going to rip the drawing. Like that was going to be what he'd do. Like if he ripped yeah. the drawing, he probably would have also punched a wall afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but he he stopped himself somehow. Hmm. Weird. And that's another reason reason why you might think she hadn't been that way with Cal. This was her rubbing it in his face, like ah ha ha. He saw me this way, and you haven't. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think she has. That yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because think about that. That would be pretty shocking. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. dang it. That's all she needed to do. They know that Jack's an artist. Like, they already know this. You know what I mean? And she just leaves it. And it's like, you know who drew this. <laughs> Although, if I was her, I wouldn't want Cal to see I, I wouldn't want Cal to see it. Because it's mm. kind of like a reflection of what she looks like. Yeah. So we still did kind of get to see her naked. Yeah. I guess. Not, I mean, it's not the same thing, obviously, but... It, it's, but, you know what I mean? It's basically saying, my actual body is not for your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I allowed Jack to see my actual body, but not you. LOL, bye. Yep. And so then the scene ends with the stewards down in the cargo hold, and they see... Rose's fingerprint on the window and they're like ha 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 we found them opens the door I, it's always so funny the way they do gotcha <laughs> who is, okay so who are these guys just employees of the White Star Line yeah so they, they didn't care they didn't know who Jack and Rose were right no but I mean they were yeah. told they you know Lovejoy probably slipped the money or something like saying go find them <laughs> find them easier than me and they know their way around the ship probably more than he does and so yeah that's true yeah, and so that's the end of the scene is gotcha, and uh, <laughs> and there's no one in the back seat. They're out of there. Yeah, and that's the end of the scene. Sweet. Wow, this was a good one. Good conversation. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I feel like our conversations keep getting better. I think I I listened again to our flying one. That's a really good one. Yeah, I like that one a lot too. Yeah, we talked about um, a lot of stuff. Yeah, this one was because that was also our first one back, I think, right? After a while. I feel like everyone is our first one back after a while. That's true, because we only do like these, uh, we do these. We do like a Titanic session like once a month or something. But yeah, this this one was, I mean, this is what I mean by there's always something to talk about when it comes to this movie. Like we're going scene by scene and there's just always something to talk about and something even deeper to talk about beneath that and then something else beneath that and it's just it just never ends sometimes you know yeah it's just so fun no it is yeah because you yeah the more you get into it you're calling back more stuff and and it's just with a movie like this you know a movie this big a movie this popular i think it's really important to look closer at some of this stuff because especially over 20 years later yeah none of this is coincidence anymore you know like there's a reason why this whole thing keeps you know continues to resonate on the level that resonates you know yeah really trying to break down why is this still so successful like you know what I mean like what is it about pretty much every scene of this movie that is still like still holds up is still relevant there are movies that were big like titanic or or not quite as big as titanic yeah no, like, when they came out like yeah. when they came out obviously we're, we're big for a, a little period of time yeah like yeah. you have ones that were at maybe not as successful as titanic but probably as culturally impactful when they came out but like the fact that 
23 years later, like people are still talking about it and people are still watching it. Like there are three hour movies that were big, but people don't watch them anymore. I mean, you have the Godfathers and you have like mm-hmm. stuff like that, that people watch, but constantly, you know, and even though those movies were huge when they came out, Titanic holds up really well. Mm-hmm. There's still stuff to talk about. That's interesting to talk about. It's not just basic thematic elements of a movie like it's easy to expand this world in our heads and headcanon stuff (laughs) new vocabulary word of the day (laughs) (laughs) it's easy to to kind of dissect it in a way that goes beyond just dissecting the form of a movie Mm. yeah because i'm saying because it's layered it really is i think it's because the emotional impact too Mm -hmm. and just the fact that it's based on true events and Mm -hmm. the fact that it's you know, two likable characters. Uh, also, mm-hmm. it has a lot going for it that that caters to our sensibilities as humans. Mm-hmm. But also, it has a lot in it that caters to our sensibilities just as movie lovers. Like just the epicness of it, and like the spectacle, and mm-hmm. just uh, yeah, it's really good. There was something else I was going to say. Oh no, yeah, but the way you said that, you know, people are still watching it, and not only watching it, but talking about it, and then not only watching it and talking about it, but getting off their figurative butts and yeah. writing reviews about it. Yeah. If you go on Titanic's uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the Letterboxd uh, page for it, there are n- new reviews for it every day. Because it's an easy movie to watch. Because I think it's so divisive, it's easier to go back and give it a second chance. And it's easier to find points of discussion. And it's easier... Like, a movie that everybody, that it's cool to like, like The Godfather, is a movie that people are going to convince themselves that they like because it's The Godfather. Whereas a movie like Titanic that's, quote-unquote, not cool to like for Mm. a lot of people, discovering that you do like it is a lot more rewarding, um, to me, at least, someone like me, than it is to discover that you like a movie that you might only convince yourself that you like because everyone else likes it. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I, you, uh, when you just said that, it made me think of something. Um, yeah, yeah, but you, the way you said it, it's like an easy movie to watch, but like one of the biggest issues I've seen people have with Titanic is that it's so long and boring. <laughs> I don't know, it's weird, but yeah, you just see the same arguments constantly, so it's just yeah. like whatever at this point. It's way more refreshing to see people call out the good in this movie. Um, it's so easy to, oh, that's the thing I was going to say, the way you said it's much easier to rewatch and realize you like it. But I think for a lot of people, that's probably incredibly hard to do because of how much they've built the movie up in their heads as I'm never going to watch this movie. I don't want to like this movie. This, you know, this blah, blah, blah. Like there are people who pride themselves on never seeing this movie. (laughs) Like I've never seen it and I never will. Oh, man. Do you think, okay, there's a lot of like, this discussion on the internet right now about perfect movies. And I had a friend text me yet yeah, a couple days ago and asked me what my perfect, if I have any perfect movies. And there are some that I think are, but I don't know if you would call this one a perfect movie. And I think, I, I mean, I, like I said, I got to make it all the way through. But um, I think it's pretty close, in my opinion. I don't know if, if you would mm-hmm. put it as that or if you would say that you can't say it, it is. I'm guessing you would probably say it is, but. Oh, yeah. I mean,. To me, if it's a movie that I think you look at and is like you aspire 
to make a movie like that and to hit all the same notes exactly but still admit that you can't do it better than that movie like to me back to the future is the perfect example i think that's a perfect movie i think that Mm -hmm. if i if you're making a movie you want to hit every single note that that movie hits. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it a perfect movie, in my right. opinion. And I think that Titanic is. Per- I mean, like I said, I I gotta watch it all to finish the movie. Um, I'm doing it scene by scene as we're recording this, but uh, mm-hmm. I think from everything I've seen so far and how I remember it playing out, like I could consider this on that list too. At least as far as the pure function of making a movie. Um, I mean, obviously, like some of the acting choices are like not. 100% appealing to me. Yeah. I think that might be the only thing that prevents it uh, in my book, but um, it's pretty good. I mean, everything that I remember it being and everything that I've rewatched it and, and experienced it as, um, yeah, I don't know. That's what I, that's how I see it too. Yeah. I mean, there are very, very few movies that hit every note for me. It takes a lot to move me if I watch a movie and it's probably because Titanic is the movie that formed my opinion on movies when I was five. It's your standard, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, like, ever since I was five, I've expected this of movies. Yeah. Like, if a movie (laughs) doesn't come close to Titanic bar of, like, emotion, message, like, Mm -hmm. all this stuff, then I'm just not going to... I'm, it's just gonna be a movie. It's me and Star Wars, basically. Like Star Wars is my standard for yeah, pretty much every movie I ever watched. Mm-hmm. And it's Titanic is that with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that should do it for yep. the scene to the stars. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please write in with any thoughts you have on any of the upcoming scenes. We'd love to get more um, opinions and perspectives, especially now that we're moving into the second half of the movie officially, (laughs) which is very exciting. We're getting into like all new territory now. So yeah, Uh, I think I put it out there before, you know, any history buffs that we have listening, please feel free to send any additional information our way because I really approach, you know, I was telling you, Ethan, like I approach all of these recording sessions as if I'm preparing for like a college research project. I put like (laughs) so much work into getting our notes together, um, especially now that we're getting closer to the sinking. And so it's just, I try to make sure I do as much research as I can on a lot of the, um, you know, the historical aspects. Cause like over the years, you know, I've watched so many documentaries and have read so many things, but yeah, it's a lot of information. You, you almost have to look at what actually happened to, to see if it winds up. Um, yeah. To cross check and everything. Yeah. 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 So it's a lot. So if any of you guys listening want to help us out a little bit, that would be awesome. Yeah, but that's about it. Be sure to follow us on all the socials for any updates. Uh, Yeah, and that's about it. So we will see you guys in the next scene. See ya.